Wow, rooms. We've all been in them, and they can be great, and they can be horrible. Well, it's great to see you. I'm just going to tell you before I dive into this message that I have three sermons burning in me and on me. And so the, the, the three, by the way, are this Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, and I really thought about leaning into that because of the miracle that we're asking across the world with Unite 714 and Believers Praying. The second would be to deal with the murder that happened or the, the, the man and the police officer and all that's going on, then the looting and now multiple shootings and all that kind of stuff and how the devil is having a heyday because the devil is the father of racism, hatred, and violence. And so, but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna stick with the message. All three are so pertinent. All three are so necessary but because of my topic this weekend, let me challenge you, if your kids are with you, to flick over to the Epi Kids Experience and let your kids watch that, uh, or you're going to probably regret it a little bit. Uh, if they're, you're in the car, you're listening, go ahead and flip it off and flip on VeggieTales or something else, and uh, or you're going to have some conversations you might not want to have. If you're listening with teenagers, they can stay. But get ready for a couple of Snickers, maybe a little, a little, you know, look or a glance sideways look, maybe a little uncomfortable conversation. But really, frankly, it shouldn't be difficult. Sex was invented by God for pleasure and procreation and intimacy between couples, and it should never be a hard topic. <clears throat> but it is. But if they promise we're wrong, real, and it doesn't get any more real than dealing with the master bedroom and dealing with sex. Hold up, Pastor. You can't talk about sex online. Why not? The internet shows and throws, uses and abuses hundreds of millions of people every day away from the truth and along the pathway of death. What they have done, the enemy, the world, it has turned the beautiful act of love that God created into something God never intended. Matter of fact, let me, I'm going to come back to this sentence and it, you can memorize this verse right now with me. God said, let the marriage bed be undefiled. We could spend a day unpacking that word defiled. What does it mean for a marriage bed? Is that just sex alone? No, it's not. So we could really, we could dive in there. We could really do 10 series out of the message that I want to share with you. Because what's happened to what mankind has done to the gift of sex that God gave us, with sexual sin now abounds, leading up to 25 million people human trafficked every year, hundreds of thousands of divorces due to infidelity and due to sexual immorality in the marriage. So this weekend actually belongs online. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Pastor. Sex belongs in the bedroom. Well, I couldn't agree more. Unless the kids are asleep or gone or moved out, then the whole house becomes a playroom. That's one of the reasons you want them to grow up and move away. It, it, it moves the master bedroom all over the house. Can, can, are y'all, come on, is there, is there any uncomfortableness in some living rooms right now? Come on, walk with me, work with me. So uh, some of you right now, you're watching from your bed or you're watching from a couch. Maybe you're sitting there and that's a place where you and your spouse have been intimate before and now nobody's looking around your living room. Nobody's looking. If I was you, a teenager, I'd slide off that couch and onto the floor far away from them as possible. Come on. You know that's funny. 
So it's going to be raw. It's going to be real. Uh, so while everyone finds a better place to sit and listen, welcome to church online. Thank you for joining us for the first time or the 500th time, regardless of when or where you're listening to this message. We're thrilled that you're with us. Man, we're excited. Do me a favor. Uh, if, you're, if you hadn't, let them know on the chat room you're in and whatever platform, let us know you're there. Let us know how we can pray for you, how we can just type your requests in. Hundreds of people immediately began praying. So we want to walk with you. We want to welcome you. If you're a guest, if you'll fill the communication card out, if you're a first-time guest, we're going to email you, I mean not email, we're going to mail you a gift. We used to do that in the Stone Age back when people met for worship in person three months ago. Now we're doing it, mailing it, so if you'll just fill the communication card out, we'd just love to send you a gift to know how we can serve you and love you. Well, in this series, if you're, today's your first time, we are taking a tour through the rooms of people's hearts and their homes to make room for a designer, the designer, who pulls everyone together and holds everything together. That comes out of the book of Colossians where I launched this series on Mother's Day that Jesus created and not only created and sustains, but he holds all things together. Okay, listen to me, listen to me. You may be thinking, man, I, there's not any hope for me anymore. I'm gonna cut this off. Listen, the God of the universe has hope for right where you are. Do not touch that dial. Come on, stay right here. We'll give you some help. We're gonna walk with you, come on. So what we're doing is we're, we're gonna walk, make our way this weekend to the master bedroom where the magic happens. Hopefully, semi-nightly, if you're a newlywed, nightly, hourly, but it's where the magic happens. And so if that's where you are, good for you. If not, come on, let's go all in. Wait a minute, pastor. You've gone too far. Oh, no. I'm not reading the Song of Solomon. Am I quoting those scenes uh, of love out of that book? But if you would go ahead and turn to Song of Solomon, no, we're, we're not going there. Now listen, a suggestion, you might uh, get ready for bed and pull your Bible out and read Song of Solomon together. It's poetry, it's Bible. And go ahead and tell your wife that you're just reading ahead in, your, in the Bible reading plan because Song of Solomon is in September and you'll already have it done. Now, as we stand at the doorway this weekend of the master bedroom, let me ask you a question. Come on, if you're listening, Sam, who's the master of the bedroom at your house. Who's the master? Father God, we come to you. And many of us may not have realized when we surrendered our lives to Jesus, you, God, became the master of the master bedroom. And fathers, we talk about sex and how many people are messed up. And as we talk about, you know, we think about how you created it. God, I pray for those that are under the sound of my voice. There'll be miracles. There'll be healings. There'll be transformation. There'll be, there'll be a new faith and a, and a hope for the future. And so, God, I pray you'll help us see how messed up they were in the Bible and, God, how you truly are our only hope. Speak to us as our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Now, we could call this a two-parter, although next weekend is not going to deal with sex Next weekend, we're going to talk about blended families, but we, this weekend and next weekend, we're going to camp out in what I would say is the most famous family in all of the scripture. 
You go back to the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, which is what it means. Genesis means beginnings. And we read about this family. A family whose grandfather was named Abraham and the grandmother was named Sarah, who together they had a son named Isaac, who grew up and married a woman named Rebecca and had twin sons named Esau and Jacob. Now and for thousands of years, God has been referred to as the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. So this family is kind of a big deal. Islam will trace back to Abraham. Christianity goes back. Judaism goes back. This family is known worldwide. So let's look at, we're going to take a New Testament passage or two and place it over an Old Testament passage or two and see the master bedrooms of the world's most famous family and see if, if they could if, if, if as messed up as they were, if God could use them, what God can do with you. Now, Abraham and Sarah, that was, their names were shorter. God hadn't changed their names yet. Abraham and Sarah are having trouble in the marriage bed. They've been married now for decades. God has promised that they're going to have children and that they're going to be a great nation that you can't count like the stars in the sky or the sand on the seashore. And so, a year goes by, five years, 10 years, a decade or two, and Sarah has not gotten pregnant. So, now listen to this. Instead of asking God for help, they took matters into their own hands. Now, come on. Look up here. How many times have you not asked the Father, but you went and found your own way? Well, Abraham, uh, Sarah had a servant named Hagar, and Hagar was thrown into the marriage bed in the master bedroom with Abraham, let me ask you a question. You know how difficult it is, one guy married to one gal, are you with me? I like throwing another in there. Does this, do you think this is going to end very well? No, this is, is going to create problems that are going to go on for millennia. It's, it's, and we could spend forever on there. This is the deal. The wrong master in the bedroom will destroy your marriage bed that God said was to be undefiled. <clears throat> now, while the son of Abraham and Sarah, Isaac, is different than his father and his son, Jacob, which we're going to talk about more next weekend, because Jacob's master bedroom is even more whacked than his grandfather, Abraham's bedroom. So Jacob, Abraham, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob, is, leaves because his brother's going to kill him, another whole dysfunctional family. He goes, and he falls in love with a woman, and the father offers, if you'll work seven years, you can have her. He works seven years, and he goes into the tent. The lights are out. He does not send his beautiful daughter in. He sends the ugly older daughter. Her name is Leah, which means weak eyes. And so, so he tricks him. And so what happens? He works seven more years, and like his grandfather before him, now he's got two wives. Never going to be easy. But both of those wives bring their servants into the bedroom, bringing Jacob's total to four wives. That's how he was able to father the 12 tribes of Israel. Why did he do it? Well, because there was the wrong master in the bedroom. In these cases, these families that we're talking about, the most famous family had a wrong master in the bedroom, and it wrecked, 
marriages, it wrecked hearts, it wrecked homes, and some of that havoc is still playing out in the Middle East today. But the homes and the hearts, we can, we can set up for victory or we can set up for failure for generations to come. So let me ask you, come on, look up here. I love you, I'm your pastor, I'm your friend. How's your heart? How's your home? How's your master bedroom? And how is your marriage bed? Because the wrong master in the bedroom will destroy your marriage bed every time. Now, maybe I'm not. Maybe you're saying, "Hold up, Chris. I don't. <clears throat> I don't want to talk about this. I'm not sure about God. I'm not sure about the church. You may be single or divorced or somewhere in the middle, and you say that's not for me. This weekend is for you. It's for you, because what Mike has started last weekend is was so important. Let me repeat it. More 18 to 34 year olds today are living with their parents or well, are living with their parents rather than a spouse or living with a romantic partner. Now marriage, we realize, man, sex is a part. Marriage is so much bigger than just sex. But still, come on, in 2020, the message of the moment in our culture today is that marriage is no longer necessary for a healthy home or a healthy bedroom. And frankly, biblically, experientially, historically, and if you'll be honest with yourself, it just simply isn't true. According to the National Care for Health, marriage rates in the rate of people getting married in 2018 are the lowest since 1900. The Pew Research Center says found that more middle-class families are skipping marriage because marriage just isn't worth it anymore. And we have examples like Abraham and Sarah and Jacob and all them, or maybe closer to home. Maybe the rooms that you grew up in, the models that you watched as a young person didn't leave you looking for and believing and trusting in a great marriage. But maybe the problem isn't marriage. Maybe it's the wrong master in the bedroom that's hurt so many. The faith promise we're about to help in real people with real problems find the real love of God and this is a real issue. In fact, biblically, sex, money, and power, or pride, it's in almost every downfall that you read about. So what's missing, real love is what's missing in many of our master bedrooms. Last weekend, Micah again started about the love seat, shared one of the greatest love passages in the Bible, although it was written by, <laughs> by Paul and not by John, just in case you're wondering. So we're going to take a, a look at that and lay it over some Old Testament stuff. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, it says this, love is patient. Say it with me, love is patient. Now let's go back to Genesis chapter 16. Let's go to Genesis chapter 16, verse 1 through 3. Now Sarah, her name was changed later to Sarah, Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. After Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Abram's wife Sarah took Hagar, the Egyptian, 
her maiden, gave her to her husband Abram as his wife. Listen to me, listen. The wrong master will never wait. This isn't just good sex advice, although it works for sex advice. Come on, love, it true biblical love is patient. That's why self-sex shows the wrong master. It's about pleasing yourself and not your spouse. It makes your satisfaction more important than your spouse's satisfaction. And we could go deep down that rabbit hole, but some of you are already looking away, you're looking at, you're ignoring the kids. Come on, you, it, it's true. But, but sexual sin is destroying intimacy and all the things that God prepared. And in 1 Corinthians chapter seven, an incredible passage, Paul writing about marriage and about, about sexuality. So men, I want you to key in because some of you are not gonna believe you're gonna get a couple memory verses right here. Watch this. Now concerning the things about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, but because of immorality, each man is to have his own wife or, he, or because of a man's passion, he's to have his own wife and each woman is to have her own husband. Listen, the husband must fulfill his duty to his wife, not a video game, and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body. If you, I've quoted that verse to Michelle once. I've quoted it a lot. But the husband does. And likewise, the husband does have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Stop depriving one another, except by agreement for a time, so that you may devote yourself to prayer and come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. And so this is, this is it's what it's all about. Now, you, you say, well, my spouse is not in the mood. Love is patient. Isn't your spouse worth waiting on till tomorrow, until later tonight? How about until your wedding night? Some of you guys, it's not love you, but you're living together, and you're going to get married down the road, but you're living together. Look, come on, look at me. Don't, don't look down. Look at me. God loves you. But you're walking in sin, you're hindering your future blessing because you're defiling the marriage bed. Come on, come on. Man, true love is patient. Wait, wait. You say, well, Abraham waited 10 years, wasn't that long enough? Jacob waited seven years, wasn't that long enough? The wrong master will never wait. The wrong master will destroy your marriage bed. Still kill and destroy your love life is part of it. It goes on in 1 Corinthians 13. Not only is love patient, but love's kind. Love's not jealous. So let's check with Abraham and Sarah on that jealous, how that love is. Back to Genesis verse ch chapter 16. This is a messed up deal, guys. Verse 4 and 5. He went into Hagar, Abram, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived. Her mistress was despised in her sight. Sarah said, Abram, may the wrong done to me be upon you. I gave my maid into your arms. But when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her sight. May the Lord judge between you and me. Wow. The wrong master is bitter and greedy. The wrong master is selfish and self-focused. Now, again, this is not just sex advice. It'll work for sex, but it works for all parts of life. So 
Are, are, you, are you talking in the marriage bed? Are you sharing yourself with your spouse? See, withholding from a spouse isn't just a woman's problem. Husbands, are you holding affection? Are you holding back your emotions? Are you holding back sharing because of what she might think about you? That's why pornography robs the marriage bed because it makes sex a cheap exchange. I bought just what I want and when I want it. It's about not love, it's about lust. The wrong master in the bedroom will destroy your marriage bed. According to a study at the University of Oklahoma, married couples who watch porn together are 200% more likely to get a divorce than those that do not defile the marriage bed. Hey, mom and dad, how about protecting the marriage bed for the future of your kids? 93%, virtually all young men and, and two-thirds of young women have seen porn by the time they're 18 years old. The wrong master in the bedroom destroys the marriage beds, even of your kids. The love chapter goes on. Love does not brag. Love is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It does not, it's not provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but it rejoices with the truth. Now let's jump to Jacob in Genesis chapter 30, verse 1 through 8. We see now when Rachel saw that she bore no children, she became jealous of her sister, and she, uh, she said to Jacob, give me children or else I die. Then Jacob's anger burned against Rachel. and said, am I in the place of God who has withheld the fruit of your womb? She said, here's, here's my maid, Bilhah, go into her that she may bear on my knees and that through her I too may have children. So he gave, so she gave him her maid and Bilhah, Bilhah as a wife and Jacob went into her. Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has vindicated me and he has heard my voice and given me a son. Therefore, she named him Dan. Uh, Rachel's maid Bilhah conceived again and born Jacob a second son. So Rachel said, with mighty wrestlings, I've wrestled with my sister and have indeed prevailed. And she named him Nephetili. Wow. The wrong master is selfish and the wrong master is sinful. Now, let me just encourage you. These are the people that were the most famous family on the planet. Not because they were perfect, but because of the covenant God made with them. And God can bless you, not because you are perfect, but of the covenant God made with you once you are born again and there's a blood covenant between you and the Lord. That's why, that's why the marriage bed is built on, it built on anything other than trust will devolve into just an act of lust. So whether you're struggling as a single or married, a man or woman, maybe you're, you're, you've got a desire for somebody that's not your spouse or maybe somebody that of the opposite sex and you're not married, the wrong master in the bedroom will destroy your marriage bed. Let's, let's sort of tighten up the last part of the love chapter. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never fails. 39% of marriages are, are falling today. Not all because of what happens in the bedroom, but listen, 
the bedroom is one of the first indicators that there's something wrong. It's not just sex. Come on, are you talking to each other? Are you believing in each other? Are you hoping for each other? Are you praying for each other? Are you making your spouse more important than you? Hey, men, what's your wife's word for this year? What's your wife verse? What's her verse for this year? What's her favorite color? Come on. Do you know them? Intimacy is more than an act of sex. But the wrong master in the bedroom, come on. It's got to be love because what did the Bible say? Real love never fails. Ever. It never fails. There's so many examples in this Bible. Genesis chapter 30, verse 22 through 24. Then God remembered Rachel, and God gave heed to her and opened her womb. She conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. She named it Joseph, saying, may the Lord give me another son. The right master in the bedroom will bless the marriage bed. Listen, this, this book is clear. If you'll put God first in your heart, first in your home, if you'll put God first in your marriage bed, can I tell you something? He will bless you in ways that you never dreamed. The creator of the universe is greater than your pain and greater than your problems. He's greater than your past, the mistakes and failures that you made. When I got saved and went to church, I only knew one person whose parents were not divorced. Everybody I'd ever known, parents were divorced. One friend. I was not a fan of marriage as I walked in, and then I began to see godly men and women and then God did the second greatest thing he has, that he has ever done for me. First thing was saving me. The second was giving me Michelle. But I'm listen, had I, had I not been saved, she would have never given me a second look. And had I not been able to be transformed by the wrecked guy that I was, knowing her commitment, she would have probably stayed. But it would have sucked. Because I was so messed up. I still am. I still am. There's some things right now that I am pounding on heaven for God to transform me in. And God can transform you. God can transform your marriage bed. God can transform your marriage. You say, Pastor, what about me? I'm single. Adam went to sleep and woke up and there she was. A beautiful naked woman. Tell me God is not good. There, there are things you could do, but I'm telling you, I know you are, but just ask God, fast and pray, God, bring me somebody. But while you're waiting, listen, I think one of the reasons so many marriages fail, even believers, believers, we're looking for everything from our spouse to fill these empty voids in our hearts. We're looking. We place unrealistic expectations. So while you're waiting for God to send you that person, why don't you ask God to transform you so that they will be the icing on the cake, the gravy on the potatoes. They won't be the meal. They'll be the extra because you and God are walking through. I've walked through so many things. Michelle's put up with me. Wow. And again, I'm about to, listen, I'm about to experience the greatest victory I believe I've had in the last decade. So if if I need it, some of you do too. Maybe you find yourself empty or messed up like the family we talked about. 
I got some good news. 38 years ago, God stepped into my life. This is the most incredible thing I've ever experienced and I've never gotten over it. And man, I'm all in. From day one, I've been all in. He forgave my sin. He adopted me. He loved me. He's cared for me. And the truth is, God wants a relationship with you. And listen, until you really get your relationship right with God, all your other relationships will suffer. 2,000 years ago, Jesus stepped out of heaven, stepped down to, into Israel, nailed upon a cross, died, rose from the grave, and paid for our sins. And he said, I love you, just like you are. Jacked up. That's why God recorded for us this first family, how messed up they were, because we're all that way. Come on, he loves you anyway. He made a covenant with Abraham, and he made a covenant when Jesus rose from the grave, his blood will cover your sins if you will but ask. So come on, we're gonna pray together. Man, John 3, 16, God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. So if you're ready to surrender up your life, God's ready to receive you, transform you. Come on, pray with me. Dear Jesus, pray it out loud, right there in your living room, in the car, come on, in front of your kids, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned, I've stumbled, I've failed. Forgive me. Come in my heart. Be my Lord. Take authority. Show me how to love. Show me how to walk with you. I receive all you have. Now, if you prayed that simple prayer with me, they're having a party in heaven, do me a favor. If you look at your screen, there's a phone number, text, saved to that number. If you just prayed that prayer, we're gonna send you a, a communication link. We're gonna walk with you. If it's your first weekend, and man, you you know, you, this is your first time, fill, there's a communication card right there. Fill that out. We got a gift. We, we're not gonna stalk you online or in person. We just wanna pray for you. And if you haven't been to Next Steps, listen, I want to challenge you to go to Next Steps and learn what's your Next Steps. It's online. You'll see right there how you can sign up. And man, you can, you, it, it, we just want to help you. Again, we want our spouses to get better. Hey, hey, look here, look here. It's time for you to take your next step. Be the man or the woman. Be the student God wants you to be so that you can love the people in your life and you can love the Lord your God with all your heart. So go ahead and flip over and jump on next steps. They'll be, when we're back in, in person, we'll be doing next steps online and we'll be next steps uh, in, uh, in person. I love you. Can't wait to see you. Next weekend, Saturday morning, prayer, prayers live in person. And the following weekend, 13th, 14th, our worship is church at home and church in person. I love you. Let's worship a God who's so worthy.